0: Hello, good evening, good morning, whatever time you're listening to it, this is the Online Darts Daily World Championship podcast. It's day 10, Is in the bag from Alexander Palace. Uh, joining me this evening, or again, whenever you're listening to this, uh, is the boys Luke Pickering and Cameron McFarlane. Uh, boys, my second time in the hot seat and we're reunited with the same crew once again. Welcome back.
5: You love to see it, don't you? It's lo- lovely to be back together.
0: I'm, I'm well disappointed, Cam. I teed you up there and you didn't just say
5: absolutely. Like,
0: no. you've let the side down less than a minute into my second stint. Like, what else? What am I going to do with you? Luke, you're going to have to carry me through this one.
3: Absolutely. I'll do it.
5: I'll, but, to- yeah! I'll do it. Yes! Right. I've got you. You can't just come in here and say my catchphrase. We're not. we're not doing it like that.
0: Well, you should have used it when you had the chance then, shouldn't
5: you? I was waiting. I was waiting. Oh.
0: Okay, uh, seems like there is only one place to start, and I'm not really sure I want to. Um, breaking news from the Alexander Palace, if you've had your head in the sand for the last 10 hours. The reigning champion is out. Uh, Peter Wright has succumbed to the giant Gabriel Clemens, losing 4-3. Um... Yeah, I really don't know what to say on this one. I've spent a lot of time in the last few months insisting that this wasn't going to happen and that Peter Wright was going to join the ranks of Adrian Lewis and Gary Anderson as two time back to back world champion. Um, I've had an absolute stinker.
5: You absolutely have, and that's where I was saving it. <laughs> so, the first thing before I give my opinion on it, how are you feeling?
0: Oh, mate, i'm having a it, it's not been a good week it's it's not been a good day it's not been a good week um <laughs> I, I think we just move on Can we just we'll get on let's, going, let's yeah. just let's just talk about the game in that a man that's just averaged 101 hit 9 180s um and hit 14 and 44 attempts of his double has, has just lost four three and ended his defense of his crown um
5: <laughs> to be fair to him he didn't play badly he he missed a few shots at key times, but Clemens just didn't go away, did he? He just he was just always there, and every every time he needed to, he hit a shot to keep himself in the game, and then in the end, got it done.
0: To be fair, Peter Wright said exactly the same um, on his Sky interview that they got him for a little chat with Michael Bridge after the game, um, after the MVG game. For those that, that carried on watching it and. You summed it up perfectly. There, they were Wright's exact words. I uh, felt great, but he didn't go away, and he took his chances. And he had a bit of a blip, uh, sets two and three, where he just really struggled on the out ring. Um, and, and Clemens took advantage of it, Luke.
3: He did, and I think set three highlighted it perfectly. Clemens' the score on average in set three was eighty-eight, and rights was one hundred and twenty-three, and he lost. And he lost in set three. Now, realistically. There was one fault of rights today, and that was his doubles, and it was it was it was bad to see. He obviously he made history last year; it was a huge achievement for himself. And I know he said in his interview with Skype that he thought he took the tournament too easy. I think that's a bit of a cop out answer, to be honest. I think he struggled up there. He should have given all the respect to Clemens that he deserved because he played fantastic. But I think that's it's a, it's it's a it's a reminder to Wright that you can't take these tournaments easily. You're going to have to push yourself. The standards only rise, especially when we go into MBG, how well he's played. 101 average. You're not necessarily going to win every game. So it's disappointing for him. And he'll come back next year. I'm sure a lot stronger. But, yeah, really tough one for him to take,
5: especially averaging 101, as you say. I think, like, I mean, it just shows how hard it is to go back-to-back in tournaments. You see it in in sport all the time. I mean, when was Like, people winning the Premier League back-to-back or going back to back in the world champs or whatever it is, it's so hard to do and so hard to go back and do it again, because you've achieved that dream. You've achieved everything you've ever worked for. And to come in at the same level and intensity again is very, very difficult. And I don't know whether he has, whether he is being truthful when he's saying that he did take it a bit easier this year or whether he's just, just got beat today and he's trying to, I don't know, save face a little bit and just... I think
3: it's, yeah, I think it's a big example of saving face for him. But uh, he's still definitely, this year, proved without a doubt that he's one of the top three players in the world and he's established himself well up there. If anyone had any doubts about him winning tournaments, he's won three this year, uh, including the 2020 World Championship. So there can be no doubt now, in anyone's mind, that Peter Wright isn't one of the best players in the world. And so in that respect, he's done everything he's come out, he's set out to achieve this year. But obviously, to defend the World Championship, it hasn't happened. And yeah, he hasn't he hasn't matched Lewis and Anderson, but there's plenty of time for him. And he, he doesn't look like he's going to quit the sport anytime soon. So let's see if he can get a second title.
0: He also hasn't matched the likes of Colin Lloyd, because in falling early and the preceding result afterwards, he can no longer jump ahead of Marco Van Gaelen to world number one. Um, and with Van Gogh's win spoiler alert we'll get onto that in a minute only one person can stop Michael Van gogh from still being the world number one as of the 3rd of January and um, I'd rather it didn't happen because it's Gerwin Price the <laughs> it's Gerwin Price and that would just yeah that would that would just top his off right so go on Michael let's see <laughs> uh, interestingly as well these results also mean that because of Peter Wright's exit, we are guaranteed a new first-time world finalist.
3: Which is a really interesting fact. That is that is going to be now... It's it's wide open, to be honest. I think Wade and Price come in as favourites, but anyone down that sector they draw it is wide open. But can anyone stop the imperious MVG? That's that's what, we, that's what we've got to think. If anyone gets through, is anyone going to beat them average one hundred and six?
0: Well, one man that is still within a chance is the man that knocked out the reigning world champion. It's Gabriel Clemens. And here he is in his press conference after his game.
2: Gabriel, congratulations. Is that the biggest moment of your darts career so far?
1: Yeah, I think. How did it feel? Uh, great. I feel me uh, really, really good at the moment. And yeah, I beat the world champion.
2: It was an exciting game. You should have been 3-1 up. When you missed that chance, did you think that
1: was it? Yeah, <laughs> you think uh, it's not so good at the moment, and, but it's 2-2 uh, and uh, you have a chance, and you must give your best, and then it's, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> How are you feeling in that deciding set? It was so close, there were chances for both of you. It must have been difficult to keep calm.
1: Yeah, but uh, I'm really nervous in the last, uh, like, <laughs>
2: What does this mean for you in your career to reach the last 16 of the William Hill World Championship? A German player doing that as well for the first
1: time. Yeah, I think it's a good thing for Germany and a good thing for me. And we see uh, (laughs) tomorrow (laughs) what is it for me.
2: A huge opportunity for you now as well. Christoph Ratajski is a phenomenal player and a guy you've, you've, struggled to beat him <laughs> you've struggled to beat Peter and you've just done that.
1: I, I have not the best uh, head-to-head uh, head, uh, against uh, Christoph, uh, but one time you have the first win. And
2: You said after your last game that I want to play the best players. It's my yeah. thing. Yeah. You're, you're, there's no fear for you in playing this tournament, is there?
1: No, that's the best thing for me. I, I will play the best players in the world.
2: We've seen you many times play well and lose in games like that.
1: Yeah, that's not so good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Were you just getting tired of that happening over and over again?
1: Yeah, it's, it's my work and uh, I do my best and I practice hard and I do a lot of things and you go step by step and now it's a, a good day.
2: What have you learned? in your time playing PDC darts? Because we've seen you get better, but what have you learned over the last few years?
1: Yeah, you have uh, a lot of experience on the stage. Uh, this year I played uh, all uh, major tournaments and uh, this is a lot of experience on the stage for me.
2: Do you think that it, without playing things like the match play, the Grand Prix this yeah. year, would you have been able to do that?
1: Yeah, that, that's uh, it's good for me. When I can play all tournaments and you have uh, Always uh, experience on the stage and...
2: At what point do you start thinking, I could win this?
1: Uh, for, before the first start.
2: Yeah? Yeah. The, t- the target is always, was always to become world champion and a realistic target. Because you still haven't won a PDC title.
1: Yeah, but uh, I, I know I can beat... When, when I play my A-game, I can beat any player in the world.
2: We saw a bit of it
4: tonight. Well played. Congratulations, Gabriel. Thank you. Gabriel, congratulations. The result tonight is that the stepping stone that you needed to make you believe in yourself on the stage as well? I hope. <laughs> and is that the result that can catapult you into the top 16 and beyond? Because you've been in and around the 32 mark. Is that the one that can really boost you on there?
1: That with see. I'm now happy I'm in the 32 in the world. and. We see it oh, next year, it's going to the top 16 or it's go back to the top 40.
4: <laughs> is this the breakthrough moment for German darts, do you think, as well? We've seen, obviously, Max do really well, but not quite do it. Is this the one that could catapult German darts to the next level?
1: That we see. That is not uh, my, my thing. That we see.
4: And as well, just looking at it, when did you start knowing that Peter was struggling in the match, he missed a lot of darts at a double. When did you start believing that, hang on a minute, this this could be my night?
1: Yeah, I'm so focused on my game. I see he uh, missed a lot of doubles, uh, but that's my chance and I must uh, take this chance.
4: And that result, does that make staying here for Christmas worthwhile, having to stay, those sacrifices, does that make it all worth it tonight? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, match number two, and as I just sport the result of this one, uh, we're going to talk about the world number one and likely to still be the world number one at the end of this event. Uh, Michael van Gerwen beats Ricky Evans four nil. Impossibly, the most unlucky defeat at four 0 I've ever seen in my life. We played every single leg tonight, and Ricky Evans didn't win a
5: set. He was very, very unlucky. I was covering it on the blog um and i said it straight afterwards he he absolutely deserved a set at least he, he was fantastic i mean the average 101 and 50 on his doubles and didn't win a set but that's got to be a big warning sign to anyone else out there that you can <laughs> that's not gonna get it done against mvg mad absolutely mad when you think that 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 those stats there aren't going to get it done against world number one for me, not just not get it done, not not get you a set. Yeah, that's it's
0: ridiculous. And for me, you knew. it was inevitable, wasn't it? And there was that one moment in the match that was absolutely crucial. Ricky misses the ball for it was 164 or 167. I think it was a 164. 167, I think it was. 167. You were on the blog. I'll go with you if we're wrong, it's on Cam. There we go. Just floating that one out there. <laughs> yep. And upstairs, Michael Van Go into firing a 150 checkout. Absolute heartbreaker. And at that moment, you knew what was going to happen first of the game, didn't you?
5: Well it wasn't just the it wasn't just the 150. It was the fact he just it. Um, one seven one to leave it, hadn't he? Or one seven seven to had, leave yeah. it. He took remember. out three hundred and
0: twenty-one and <laughs> six.
5: Yeah, it was the one, one seven one, Yeah, and it was just like you just thought. Yeah, he's he doesn't want he, he he. I think he was desperate not to lose a set today and to leave that that mark for everyone else there watching it. That he's in charge and he does what he wants. Hundred percent. I think.
0: The form the man's now carried is not only shown by the fact he averaged 108 in the first round and 106 in the second round, and if he carries this on, will break his own tournament record average, but his sheer consistency on not just the treble 20, but the rest of the board. There was a phase where he hit 12 treble 19s in a row without missing.
3: Well, I've quite, I've quite liked the fact that, you know, all year he's been switching down that treble 19 and he's becoming one of the most consistent hitters around the board now. He can hit any target he wants. He's the best player in the world. But what I did like to see today was the one he was back. and he, he's looking a
5: lot stronger on that treble 20 as well as the treble 19. So did anyone it, get it, the it, feeling that he did that on purpose because Ricky was hitting a few and he wanted to, got, to do it? I think, got he, so I think many, he wanted to. he the Arsenal.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, Van Gogh when he's dropping 11 darters to win sets, you know you're in trouble. Every time Evans was throwing a big shot, he follow it straight in. Obviously, the pressure just doesn't get to this man. But I do think he has done Evans some good, because I think there was a lot of respect shown at the end of the match. Probably some words of advice. But I think, to be honest, for Ricky Evans now, he's proved that he's box office. He could easily get into the Premier League if he starts winning some seriously big games, because he's, it's quality to watch him. Every leg there, you were entertained. It was fast-paced. It was a really, really good match. And obviously, Van Gerwen did, in the end, come out victorious. But 12-8 in legs, that would have been a much fairer score than a, a 4-0 loss in set.
5: Definitely. Completely. I mean, he's, Agree. he's one of them for Ricky Evans. He's he's so watchable because he's so quick. It's fast-paced. It's Every game looks great, even... He could throw probably a 70 average and it still look good just because of the speed the game would flow at as long as he was playing someone else who plays at that sort of pace. So, And if he plays like that, he's going to beat a hell of a lot of people. But And that's what, like you said, I think there was a lot of respect at the end. You could see it in the way they were talking to each other at the end and probably a good bit of advice and something that will give him a real bit of confidence going forward. Even though he's lost 4-0, there's a huge amount to take out of that for Ricky Evans.
0: Yeah, Completely agree. One last question on this one before we have to move on. <sighs> Can anybody stop him?
5: Um, if he plays like that, no. He wins it. Luke. If he has a dip, maybe.
3: For me, that was that was the imperious Matt Van goan that I've known since I started watching darts. He's had a bit of a dip this year, but I, I can't see anyone stopping him with players like that. The hunger is there. He is so ready for this tournament. And I think, yeah, that, that highlighted it. He looks unstoppable.
5: I think in the quarters, providing obviously Dimi gets through Dave and lower Danny Knopper, that could be an absolute blinder, that game. Um, obviously, Dimi didn't play all that well today, which we'll get onto in a minute. But if he plays to the level he played when he played Paul Lynn, what a game that could be.
0: Interestingly, Dimi was speaking about a potential meeting with Marco van Gogh in his press conference after his game well, today. When there's still another game to go,
5: and he fancies it.
0: Yes, which which is bold from Dimmy because we never really see him look that far ahead, and neither do a lot of players unless it's slightly coerced out of him. So, uh, speaking of press conferences, um, the only other one we're going to play for you is Joe Cullen after we speak about our next segment. Everyone else is available over on our YouTube channel, so go over online darts TV, check those out, like. Drop a subscribe as well. You won't miss any interviews or any content for us, especially when we get back to the online darts live lounge in the new year. Uh, plenty of content planned for you, so make sure you head over there to subscribe. Uh, and over there, one of the interviews you'll be able to pick up is world number one, Michael Van Gerwen. Match number three, and what an absolute game of darts this one was. It, no ton plus averages, no 106 astronomical things, but just... Backward and forward, an exceptional game of darts between, I'm not sure it was mentioned on commentary enough, two very good friends. Joe Cullen yeah. beats Johnny Clayton 4-3 in a last leg decider. Wow, wow, wow. What a game, boys.
5: Are they, are they friends under the room together? Because I wasn't sure <laughs> after watching the coverage. But... Two of the no, nicest but... guys in the sport, for so the
3: impression I got, I think both of them you really wanted to see both of them get over the line, but obviously only one could. I really did think Clayton, when he hit the 180 in the last leg, thought he'd actually pulled that back and how it together. But that finish from Joe Cullen was absolutely outstanding under the pressure. And it's something that I think the Euro Tour has given him that edge. It's something that I didn't think he had before in his locker, but today he really showed a bit of metal. And I think, yeah, as you say, really close game. The averages weren't there, but at the end of the day, we still saw some good double, doubling percentages, especially from Clayton. He was still at forty percent, uh, 41% on the doubles. So, realistically, when you went through in the live lounge, I do remember in the preview that the winner's average was well over 40% on the doubles. So, you can't really fault Johnny Clayton's doubles averages there, uh, doubling percentage there. That that was really solid, but yeah. Clayton, got, um, Clayton just missed out. Cullen gets over the line, but yeah, quality match.
5: It was a really good watch. Um, Again, it was another one. I was covering it on the blog and it was back and forth, back and forth. I mean, Clayton might feel like he could probably have got through based on the fact that he didn't score very well in the first two sets. Like, they finished up with a similar average. Clayton about a point below him, but the first two sets, he didn't score anywhere near he can. And he might feel like he'd kind of let those go there. But what a finish from Joe Cullen and what, I was so happy to see him get over the line and break that sort of hoodoo in the world champs that he's had for so long to get to the last sixteen. Now, whether he'll get any further, obviously, it's going to take not only a, a better performance from him, but also it's going to take a dip from Van Gogh because if Van Gogh plays like that, I don't think he can beat him. But it was great to see him get over the line and get through and. Probably the friendliest last leg like, decider you've ever seen in your life.
0: I've never seen an opponent clap and cheer for you when you take out tops tops to beat him in a world championship in that format. In ever. a deciding leg. In a deciding leg after they've been going at each other
5: for an hour and 20 look, minutes on looks, stage. He looked so happy about it. Like
0: I think he was just relieved they didn't have to throw another dart because it was just, it must have taken so much out of them both physically and mentally. It was, it was a long game. It was a taxing game. There was long, long periods of concentration required from both players. Neither really switched off. Neither really offered up freebie legs. It was constant back and forth intensity, and, and it was a superb
5: watch. The other I thing, four, uh, four Tom plus finishes a piece as well. <laughs> just firing, and the highest is only one two four as well. So that's like
0: prime James Wade territory. I'm going to get his name in there somewhere. I need to cling on to something.
5: Of course you are. Like. <laughs> no, but it, it was like, any time they left anything in that ballpark, between 100 and 130, you just thought it was going to go every time.
3: I couldn't be more happy that Clayton did get his World Cup win, though, because especially after that, he really deserves a big tournament. You know, he's improving every year. And I do genuinely think he can take the step in the top ten, but he's going to have to start finding that clinical edge even against his friends and coming out on victories in these matches. I think I really did think that one was there for the taking, and I think on stage and he seems like a really well-mannered guy. And I think to be honest, he was really happy for Joe Cullen, but his competitive side's got to be kicking himself and thinking that was that was winnable, that was a missed opportunity.
5: I think it's one of them. He maybe he needs that edge. Maybe he needs that sort of maybe if you've been playing someone else, he might have got over the line and I you've got so. to find a way to put that to one side and at the end of the day, when you're up there on stage with them, it doesn't matter whether they were the best man at your wedding. You've got to treat them like you've never met them and that you don't want to give them a leg.
0: One last question on this one before we hear from Joe directly. Uh, Cam, you've already touched on it a little bit with his opponent in the next round. Now that... The Alexandra Palace curse is seemingly lifted from Joe Connard's shoulders. Can he can he do the unthinkable and can he knock out the one one and let on?
5: Anyone can beat anyone on the day. Now, Joe's averaged ninety two today, but come through an absolute ringer in the fact that it was he had to dig everything out to get through it. We all know he can average higher than that and play better than that. But it is going to take a dip from Van Gogh. And if Van Gogh averages 107, 108 again, then he's going to struggle to be in whatever he does. I don't know if Joe has got 110 in him. But Van Gogh doesn't play like that every week. We've seen that happen, especially over the last couple of years. Yes, he looks great, but if he's slightly off, of course Joe can beat him.
0: I don't think I've ever heard Joe Cullen interview
5: afterwards go, I fancy it this week. Yeah. I mean, that, he's got, um, that he's got genuinely line could line be now. the difference. He's got over the line now, he's got that out of the way. Like, yes, beating Wayne Jones was a good result to get him into the next round, and it's a start, but realistically, that didn't mean anything yet. Getting again through now to the fourth round, somewhere he's never been at the Worlds before. He is over that He is over that hump a little bit now and he has got a chance to go and do something huge.
3: I think Phil Tilley used to allude to it quite a bit about players picking up their performance when he used to come up against him. I think MVG's is going to start... To, he's starting to get the same treatment now. And I think Cullen can play unbelievably well. He can average 102, 103. Do the same as what Ricky Evans has done. But at the end of the day, if he gets beat 4-0, you can average as high as you want, but realistically, you're not going to get close to him Van Gerwen players like that. Uh, in, Evans' average has flattered him a little bit today, I think, because had he been put in positions where he actually had darts to win sets and darts to even potentially win the match, there would have been more darts missed. The average would have come down. I think Cullen's going to get the same treatment. He's going to play really well, but Van Gerwen, I, for me, I think there's about 1% chance that Joe Cullen gets through that match. So everything's going to have to go right for him. Um, for me Van we get through that quite easily I think well, I think, he's I think he's got to win
5: the first
0: set yeah completely agree well let's see how Joe is feeling after his win anyway we'll check in with him in the press conference
2: Joe what a finish to that game and I'm not sure I've ever seen somebody smile so widely after someone's taken a top stop spin <laughs> and the last leg decider.
6: yeah it's, it's the best time to do it as well you know the last leg at the world you know you can't have so much more it was um I I felt like I put myself under a little bit of pressure that I really shouldn't have done, but who cares, you know, the record I've got here just to to get a win. You know, it's really, really good for my confidence.
2: What was the journey that you went on in that game like? Because two sets up, then behind, even in the final set, you're behind and have to come back. Even in the final visit, you must have thought, I've made a mess of this, oh, hang on, I've won the game.
6: It it was a strange one. I I think Johnny caught me off guard, to be honest. John is not one who shows much emotion. I think the most emotion I ever saw him you know show was at the World Cup with Gezi, but I think he was sort of feeding off Gezi then, but I don't think he was happy the way he was playing the first two sets being two 0 down and he he was he was large in it like like I'd never seen him before you know I I, it wasn't you know I didn't take any offense to it. I just thought well you know he's, he's bang up for this you know he's, he's not going anywhere and he came back at me you know and I just I just i don't know I, I, I didn't panic, but it just, it just caught me off guard and I just thought, well, you know, just get yourself together. He's, he's bang up for it, so, you know, show him that, you, you know, you're up for it as well. And like I say, it's come back from 2-0 down the last set, but I fancied it. You know, normally people may may give up, you know, I might have given up in the past, but I, I, I fancied it. You know, I just thought it's one break, it's my darts. If I can get to 2-1, break him then, you know, then, then see what he's made of. And <laughs> to be fair to him, he's made of, you know, pretty stern stuff. He hit the 180 in the decider as well, so... You know, but who cares? I want to don't care.
2: Well, look, uncharted territory for you—the last 16 of the William Hill World Championship—and fair to say, without playing any best stuff, so.
6: Yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll see how far I can go. I'm, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. You know, I've, I've brought my, brought my dad with me. You know, doesn't, it doesn't normally come, you know, normally, but this, this year has been coming to a few of them, and I, I seem to be sort of thriving. Off it. I think, especially with, with the, you know, the way the COVID is and the restrictions, you know. You know, a bit of company. You know, it's, it's it's a lonely place. You know, especially with the restrictions. And you know, Tom's so have with me. It's great, and he's like I say, he's um, he's, <laughs> to be fair, he's my biggest critic as well. So, but I'm sure I'm sure will be full of praise when I go downstairs and see him after this. Uh,
2: Willie, I mean, do you reckon you expect few harsher words from your old man as well? Because you probably have to step it up in the next round as well. Won't you?
6: Yeah, but that, that's to be expected. If you want to win a world title, you can't expect to be getting through with no. Substandard, 90 averages. You know, if, if if you're getting through to the last 16, you know it's, it's great. It if, if, doesn't matter what. You, doesn't, <coughs> excuse me, it doesn't matter what you average. As long as you get through it, and you know, I'm I'm in there. So you can't have so much more than that. I'm actually in there, you know, to challenge whoever, whoever's in front of me next. Whether it be Ricky or whether it be Michael.
2: Well, we don't know if it's going to be Ricky or Michael. The bookmakers believe that it's going to be Michael Van Gerwen, but he's a guy you've beaten a couple of times in Euro Tour finals.
6: I yeah, guess. well, the the smart one is with Michael, but you know, I prepare for both. Both situations, both scenarios um, you know, Ricky's quite capable of beating Michael on his day But if, if it's his day today, who knows Whoever it is, I'm you know, in mean, the last 16 you know, who, who cares? You know, I'd rather play Ricky, if I'm honest As <laughs> would anyone you know, You'd rather play Ricky than the world number one But whoever it be, whoever it be you know, I'm, I fancy my chances to beat them
2: Beating MVG on the tour is one thing Beating him in a final of a big stage event like a Euro tour is another one Do you think beating him on the William Earl World Championship stage is another level again,
6: yeah, well, hopefully I'll tell you. I'll tell you Wednesday morning. You know, we'll be having this, this chat. You know, after after I've beaten him or Ricky. Who, like I say, it's my, Michael. Michael's a man to beat. He's, he's the bookies' favourite for a reason, but he's he's there to be beaten. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm confident I can beat him. I'm confident I can beat Ricky. Whoever it be, you know, I fancy the chances. Well played tonight, Thank you. Cheers, Dan. Joe,
4: so, congratulations, mate. Three-one should have been three-one up. 2 one then 3-2 down, are you thinking curse of the world has struck again?
6: No, to be honest, I was thinking I should have been 3 one up, but then because there was a break after the fourth set, I went off, and to be fair, Johnny, I think, missed two at double 16 for a 50 checkout to win a set, so I thought it's even itself out there. Don't get me wrong, I was, I was fuming myself that I'd missed the 68 to go 3 one up, but I thought, well, you know, 2 all isn't the worst result in the world. You know, I probably thought he deserved two sets the way he came back, so, you know, it was just, just a matter of, you know, reset and go again, the best of three sets.
4: Playing Johnny's always gonna be difficult because, as you say, you two are really good mates. Is the whole process different to a normal match when you're playing someone
6: close? It's, 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 it's not so much different. It's just it's more it's more the personal side of things, you know. Like normally, if it, he was playing, you know, another player, he'd have come inside my table. You know, would have talked nonsense, you know, for the for the three four hours that we was there before, and it was just it it just wasn't the same because we was playing each other, which I understood. Um, like I say, I was the first in the venue and then Johnny sat at a different table, which is fine. But then from the other side of the room, he's just, you know, sending me stupid texts, you know, about football and things like that. So it's, it is what it is, you know, you, you, you've got friends in the game. You don't want to have, you know, live the darts life sort of in a lonely, lonely space. You've got friends in the game, but there comes a point where you have to play your friends. And luckily I was, you know, came out the best side this time.
4: What was Christmas like as well, knowing that you were coming back and what was the drive back Boxing Day like?
6: Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, I was more thankful I didn't have to come back Christmas Day. You know, um, yeah, you know, I had a couple of, couple, of, couple of drinks. You know, as you do at Christmas. But you know, if I'd have come back Christmas Day, it would have been totally different. I had, I think, I had an hour's practice at Christmas Day. You know, the wife weren't happy, i you know, my family weren't happy. But I'm like, well, you know, I want to be world champion, so you know, the, the sacrifices like that. But you know, it was, it was nice to go back. You know, I felt for, I felt for the foreign guys. You know, who were stuck over here. I think um, when I pulled up. At the hotel boxing day, first person I saw was Michael, and he he just looked, he looked, you know, he looked looked so not down, but just really deflated, you know, because obviously he's got a young family, he wants to go home, things like that. And um, like I say, I was one of the lucky ones being from the UK that I could go home, so I think the fans should appreciate, you know, what the foreign boys do, you know, just to put on some entertainment.
4: Touched on that, what you said there. If it was to be Michael, do you think that could be to your advantage, the fact they've had to spend Christmas over here?
6: I can't see how playing the world number one as opposed to the world 30, number 32 is, as an advantage. Just
4: the fact his attitude, like his demeanor, and the fact
6: that yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but then that, that's a dangerous way to look at it because he's thinking, well, you know, I'm going to make it worth it that I've stayed over here. You know, he wants to tear everyone's head off, and rightly so. But like I say, it is, it is what it is. You know, Ricky's Ricky's in the you know the last 32 by right, as is Michael. You know, so whoever wins, you know, it should be a good game whenever it be 29th, I think maybe. As well as Thank you. Cheers, Phil. So there were plenty of pivotal, <coughs> pivotal moments in, in that match, but you look at that first set and he went to 2-1, I think he hit a one zero three finish to, to take that first set. Looking back, that was probably quite a pivotal moment, wasn't it? Not really, no, because I think Johnny was miles behind. I think uh, the one zero three. even if I'd have missed the double 16, he was, he was still miles behind. I think I think. I thought what was going to be the pivotal moment when I took the one ten out for something... I think to go two and up and that was when Johnny really kicked into because I I sort of give it some then. And then Johnny, you know, wasn't having it and you know he came back great at me but you know, I'm glad I'm, you know, really proud of myself the way on myself together to get over the line. You say Johnny came right back out after after the second set. Did you see anything in the break from Johnny or, or did you Yeah, I sat next to him, we was talking, you know, as 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 we would would do, you know, down down the local pub. It was just like I say there's no malice in the game, but it was after we was talking after the first set, you know, just you know, normal niceties on the second set after it went two apiece, there was, there was no talking then, you know, I think we both knew it was, you know, business and, you know, get on with it.
1: And great to see such
6: respect from, from both of you at the end, I mean, you could see he was, although he was gutted not to win the game, he was pleased, pleased for yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't pleased for me, No, no, it's difficult because obviously, you know, under these restrictions and you're thinking, you know, he, he stuck his hand out, I'm not going to stick a fist out, you would know, have to shake his hand, you know, you shake his hand and he's, you know, he's, you know, he's a cracking guy, you know, he's, Really, really one of the good guys on tour, you know, getting great. So it was just unfortunate that we had to play each other tonight. But, you know, fortunate for me, I come over the other side. Nice one. Cheers.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
3: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Okay, match number four. And um, fair to say, there was a few people quite upset about this one on Twitter. that The people's favorite has fallen. Um, Christoph Rotowski beating Simon Whitlock 4-0. Um, this was a result that possibly people could have seen coming, but not a scoreline by any means.
5: No, I think we were all looking for the people who picked 4-0 today, and I don't think anyone found one yet. Um, I had Simon Whitlock as my tip to win it. Um, absolutely, as you said, the people's favourite. We all love Simon Whitlock. He has been playing better this year, and... I was being a little bit bold in picking someone that was a bit more of an outsider. I didn't want to go with the crowd and pick MVG. But I did think he would have a good run. I thought the quarterfinals would be a minimum for him. um, Based on how he's been playing. And he did not turn up at all today.
3: Thing, Simon, so. I think, is another one who would have thought he could have had a run, especially when he looks through the result tonight and saw Peter Wright's gone out. Because I think, looking back, he's not really done that well in the World, uh, the world Championships since 2014. So he really would have fancied his chances coming in with so much form as well. Semi-finals in the Grand Slam and the Grand Prix. But to be fair to Ratajski or the Peagle, as I'm informed he's now called on Twitter, he's really starting to bring the pro to a form on stage. and He's getting there. That performance was it, was a, it, was, it wasn't necessarily unstoppable, but, you know, he was convincing. I would definitely wouldn't say that I was unimpressed by him. There was a lot of missed doubles from Whitlock, which Rutajski alluded to in his interview, but it set him a brilliant tie with uh, Gabriel Clemens, who he has already beaten on a big surge this year. He beat him in the world match play, so a little bit of revenge possibly for Clemens coming um, Rutajski's way, but, yeah, a really, really good chance now for a quarter-final spot for either of them two. I think both will fancy it. Um, quite an interesting little matchup that.
0: I'm really looking forward to this one. This is one where it's almost me versus Phil in this one, and I need a chance to get my own back. <laughs> well, I'm not even sure it is, because Phil is, well, he was before tonight, convinced that Clemens doesn't do enough on stage. And there's a lot of people been saying that about my brother Ritowski. So it's an interesting one that is two players that we expect a lot from, especially if you follow the sport closely, maybe aren't as much of a, as a casual fan these two players are ones that have been tipped for the last 18 months to go on and do big things in this sport and, and potentially go on to win majors. They are that good and they are flying the flag for their country if you like and it's intriguing that they meet at this stage.
3: I think They've the market for gone. the German darts at the minute is huge and it's critical that Clemens needed to, he needed to win that match just to keep, keep, keep German darts growing. I mean the Super League's doing brilliant things for it but that was an absolutely critical match for Clemens. Really does put German Darts on the map. We know, Sky, Sky kept mentioning it, how many German Darts fans turn up at this World Championship every year. And obviously, they could not be there this year. But all of them watching on TV, you know he had the sport, the country behind him. For a it's different reasons. Whether the market is big in Poland, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, this is about making the, making the Darts a little bit more of a global sport. It's nice to see an unknown name make the top 16 and it's such a short amount of time as well we've obviously got the Souser up there now it does just it makes it interesting to you when seeing these two players who to be honest 10 years ago probably would have been an all English quarterfinal the game was very England centred but we are we're starting to call more global sport and it is, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that result could one of them propel themselves and get to the semi-finals? who knows it's quite an open section of the draw could potentially be James Wade but yeah really interesting matchup
0: which everyone does oh, go that far. I'm hoping they don't beat my boy Wade. Although Rattarsky Wade, quarterfinal, would be. that.
5: I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I'd be content with that. I can't believe Luke's just given you that there on a play. I'm having Ryan Searle beating James Wade, even if he gets through Bunting. Um, Clear off. Just to throw it back at you though. Cam, if you want to be on my
0: third stint, as hosting, you better start being nice.
5: <laughs> you realise that <laughs> I've got more chance of getting. Get on get side. Or you do, you're done for. You do realise I've got more chance of getting on it if I give it you because Jar does the roller.
0: Yeah, well, forget him. <laughs>
5: <laughs> if he cared that much, he'd be here
0: tonight, right, wouldn't he? Like,
5: he
0: l- still let's does just the
5: rota, so he can stick me on with you every single time if he wants to.
0: And I'll not send you the link every single time right before we descend (laughs) into chaos. Um, Solid performance from Matarski getting over Simon Whitlock, as we said, sets up a tie with Gabriel Clemens in the next round. Penultimate game of the evening. Um, I'm not sure who it was in the team, but one of them definitely tipped the loser of this match to go deep in this tournament. Was it one of you two?
5: Um, No one tipped them to go deep. We may have put them (laughs) as an outsider to have a little bit of a run. Um, did, did,
0: did you pick Kim Hyrex to have a
5: bit of a run <laughs> I did and to be fair I genuinely
0: didn't realise it was you but this is fantastic after the last segment <laughs> you're, so you're brilliant timing right. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> 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 I mean I, I personally would have liked to see Kim do well as well I, I, I like the bloke, got a lot <laughs> of time like for him um, I, I wouldn't go that far <laughs> <laughs> I seem to collect our players that aren't very popular as, as my favourites, but we'll okay. carry on. Um, not the highest standard of match again, uh, a couple of 90 averages for the players, uh, but Ryan Searle doing enough to get over the line once again at the Alexander Palace.
5: Yeah, and I mean, fair player, Ryan Searle is a very good player and in a, in a good bit of form at the moment and could. Again, I think he'll give James Wade a lot of trouble. I'm pretty much giving Wade that game against Bunting, which is probably a little bit harsh, but I just can't see Bunting coming through that. To be fair, I picked Hybrex to have a little run. I picked him to beat Ian White, and being, Ian White being the seed to go out early on. Um, but, yeah, after two tonne-plus averages, a 90 today was not not really what any of us were probably expecting Hybrex to put in there. Uh, is it yet another case of
0: what could have been for Kim
5: Hyun? I think it is because, uh, all right, so hit eight one eighties, but he's only finished up averaging ninety, just under ninety two himself, and he's thirty percent on his doubles. It's not a high standard to have beaten really, um, and if he played anything like he played in his first two games, it's it's a very comfortable win for Kim, and he just. He hasn't done it, but I think there's a lot for him still to take from the end of this year. I think him and Dimmy had a good run at the World Cup. He's played well recently in individual tournaments as well. Getting to, obviously, the third round of the Worlds is an improvement on the last couple of years for him. He's he's not been playing well and he does seem to be coming into a bit of form and feeling good about his game. But for whatever reason today, it just wasn't quite there.
0: Yeah, Luke, Ryan Sell obviously runs at 4 2. Not the most impressive, as we said, but another result at the Ali Pali. Another chance to move on. His record here really is becoming quite something, isn't it?
3: I'm hoping he's learned to right his wrongs from what happened with Anderson. I think, you know, he's probably got the chance. Again, I'm going to do the same as what Cal's done. I am going to rule out Button. I think Wade makes it through. He's got another chance to play an experienced player on that stage. And hopefully this time he does actually get up the line because he was obviously so close against Anderson a few years ago. I think. He's, he's proven himself. You know, he's won the pro of this year. He won a pro tour, not the pro tour. He's won a pro tour this year. So he has done well there. The the, the finishing was poor. There's no question about that. 28 missed miss starts at double isn't good enough. That's not going to be good enough against the man who's literally known for being the most clinical on doubles in the PDC. So he's going to have to up his game. He knows that, but he does fancy it. And I know he mentioned in his interviews after after the game that he is, he is up for this. And he thinks if he can if he can raise his game a little bit, I don't see any reason why he can't go and make at least a quarterfinal, but maybe even semi-finals. And who knows from there, anything can happen.
0: Up to 37th in the world right now. Another win would put him up to 33. That win, incidentally, jumps in one place above Kim Hybrick's in the order of merit. How high can Ryan Sell go with a good run next year? Not even with a good run next year. Like, where, Where do you boys see him landing next year?
5: I think he's a top thirty-two player. I think he's got it in his locker. The fact he's doing it on the biggest stage shows that he can do it under pressure and when it matters. And I think he will keep climbing. And I think I, I don't. I don't know how high I think he will go. I think he does have a a ceiling. Um, but but yeah, he, he's he's got. He can t- certainly rise a bit more. Yeah. Can he make the top 16? Um, yes, I'm going to say. I, I, actually, yeah, I am going to say he can. Uh, I think I was sort of debating between sort of top 20 in my mind then. I, no, I think he can. Um, I think the fact that he's doing it at the world and having such a good record here shows you that he can do it and he can do it when it matters. So, yeah, I think he can. Luke,
3: yourself? I'm going to go slightly bold and I'm going to say that Ryan still will be in the Premier League within the next five years. As a, pro- as a player
0: or as a contender? Because I a trip to the- Exeter, <laughs> which is very, very close to where he lives next year, I genuinely saw that flouted on Twitter earlier and I wouldn't be upset with it. I'm not are, we, the- are we
5: fancying the contenders next year, dude? Uh,
0: um, if not. if contenders returns is what I should I have put on there. I, be, yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think this is the on. place for a Premier League conversation as such, but... I, I, I personally think that it it was a good stopgap for what it needed to be for the year or so that it worked really well. I think then, we there was
5: a reason it got a second year.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> then COVID sort of showed with the last three games that it, it wasn't as essential, and it maybe lost a bit of the gloss, and they weren't really playing for anything.
5: So, of course, yeah. instead but, of threat, if, if it.
3: I'll jump back in and say, Ryan Searle, I do genuinely think he's got the game to to get to the sort of ninety-eight, ninety-nine 99 averages. And at that point, you're a Premier League player. You're well qualified to get in there, to buy and potentially make the playoffs. Who knows? We'll have to see what happens. The Premier League is a bit of a lottery at times, but yeah, I see no reason why he can't. He's got the 180 hitting the scoring powers there. If he chomps up on the doubles, he can definitely go on and become one of the top players in the world.
5: He's got to win something to get in there, though. This is true. That might be the stumbling block.
3: That could. Wow. Well, there's other players that have struggled. I mean, Ian White should have been in there plenty of times, and he hasn't. And he hasn't ever. He's never won a major, and that's his critical uh, his critical Achilles' heel. So I think Ryan Searle, yeah, as you say, it's going to be tough. He's going to have to win something. But let's see whether he's, he's the sort of player that has got the bottle that can go on and win a major championships. But I do think so. I think he's got the potential. He definitely got the game.
0: Right, we're going to have to move on to the final game or we're going to be here all night. And I can't believe, A, we're talking about the Premier League and B, we've managed to leave Dimitri Vandenberg until the last person we talk about. Um, he's been in some form this year. And <laughs> I, I, before actually looking at the stats and, and everything else, we, I sort of wrote this game off and was like, that was last, it wasn't that good. Didn't average 96 in a 4-0 win over Jermaine Mortemena? Maybe, maybe I was a little bit harsh in writing this off as not the place to discuss
5: tonight. Um I think based on everything else we've seen today, uh I disagree. I think you were right to I think it was one of the most underwhelming four nil wins you'll ever see. Um I mean I I loved him. I think he's I think he's fantastic for the game. Um I picked him as my losing finalist to Simon Whitlock, so he's my big hope now going forward. Um but I thought that was fairly poor from him tonight, uh, well, this afternoon. Um, I don't think he was even close to his best. And if he plays like that in his potential quarterfinal, which I do think he'll still get to against Michael Van Gogh, and he's going to get beat 4-0 as well. Uh, well, obviously not 4-0, I mean, 5-0 at that stage. But. Luke, I'll come to you. He's averaged 96, 4 one He's had
0: one... Tom plus and he's 46 percent 12 or 26 on the doubles are we judging him too harshly because of the ceiling that he's set himself with the win at the match play and, and the subsequent televised performance as we've seen from Dimitri especially earlier on in this tournament or was it genuinely an okay performance not a great performance and there's room for well, there's room for improvement but are, are we are we being too harsh on him basically? I think, you know, he's talked himself about the fact that the match player win
3: was unexpected even to him. So I think if you had asked him at the start of the year, would you have taken a 96 average and a win in the last 32, 4-0? He would have bitten your hand off for that and said, for definite. Yeah, so I think, yeah, maybe we are a little bit harsh to him. I think, what I mean, it's a little bit of a, a, he's a difficult cookie to crack sometimes, but unfortunately for me, too often we see that He's got game, but he doesn't show it on the biggest stages. And most of the time, if you get him beat in the first one or two sets, he doesn't give you a game. And I think it made it very easy for Vandenberg. He could just quite, to be fair to him as well, the averages picked up, he averaged, uh, I think, 82 in the first set or 92 and then picked it up, 103, 109 by set three. So he was flying. He was averaging really, really well. Um, So I'm impressed with Vandenberg's performance again. And yeah, look, if he plays like he did at the match play, who knows? Maybe there is scope for him to give Van uh, Van Gerwen a potential tough nut to crack. But yeah, I think for me, that was probably the most disappointing game of the day.
5: I think again, oh. it possibly comes into it that they are quite good friends as well. I think they're part of the same management team and
0: pretty. Yeah.
5: And I think obviously, I don't know. Whether, I, I think Dimi's got a bit more of that ruthless streak, but whether Jermaine has, I'm not quite so sure. And that first set when dimmy's averaged 82, he should have been absolutely routed 3-0 by what I mean in that first set. And he missed chances to do so. he faffed about in the first leg, leaving three when he was setting up a shot. Rather, <laughs> It was all a bit of a mess. And I think he struggled from there to get his head back in it.
0: I mentioned it earlier, his interview afterwards. We're not going to play it. We, we don't really have time. We've waffled for long enough as it is. But <laughs> he's already talking about a potential quarterfinal with Michael Van Gerwen. Now, if any player in this draw ever tells you they haven't looked further ahead and they're just taking it one game at a time, right, I don't believe them. I don't no. believe them at all. Everybody's looked at the draw. Everybody's looked where they fought. Everybody's looked at their potential route. It's your chance to become world champion, right? So I don't deny that everybody else has been doing this, but nobody else ever brings it up in their interviews. Nobody's looking that far ahead. Is this where perhaps a little bit of youthful naivety comes in? Should he be talking about Marco Fangirl yet when he's got a potentially really difficult tie against Dave Chisnall or Danny Knopper waiting for him in the fourth round?
5: Maybe he shouldn't. And it probably you'd speak to a lot of people and they'd tell you that you should you should be taking it one game at a time and you hear it so much in in other sports, like you're a boxer not looking ahead to the next bout. Oh, I could almost write the interviews we're gonna get half the
0: time from yeah, any sporting it's, it's player so, out there like... like
5: there's there's so many times that people tell you not to look ahead. But I I quite like that little bit of arrogance that He's going to be playing Michael Amago in, and it, he thinks he is, and he's pretty... Well, he's certain in his own mind that he is, and he's talking about it. I, I do like that, and I think he, I don't think it's a bad mindset to have. Obviously, sometimes, being like that, you're going to fall flat on your face. If he turns up and averages 96 again, and Dave Chisnell or Danny but beat him, then he's going to look like a fool. But if he goes and routes one of them two, 4-0 and then goes in to play MBG, coming off the back of a 105 average again, Um, then, I mean, why shouldn't he have that confidence in himself?
0: Luke, Cam touched on it a little bit there about the aspect—the falling flat on your face aspect. We've obviously seen that happen to Peter Wright today. Should that have been a little bit of a warning sign for Dimitri? I know his his game was before that, but should he take a little bit of heed from that and... And rein it in, or do you like the confident side of him going, Yeah, I'm ready for that if and when it comes? I think you've touched on that in that
3: Peter Wright should know better because he's about 30 years older than Dimitri That's That would be the difference to me. So it is a little bit of youthful naivety, but write off Dave Chisnell and Danny Noppet at your peril because two of those guys, I, you know, I don't necessarily think they're the ones who have that aggressive streak in them. But if you write them off and you just a little bit, a little bit blase about it, then they can definitely come back and give you an absolute battering. Both of them are well capable of beating Dimitri Vandenberg. And if he turns up and plays an 82 average throughout the whole game, he will not win a set against either of them. So he obviously needs to make sure that he gets that first set right, doesn't go one nil down and and sorts himself out. But I I think it's very brave to be making comments about future runs at the tournament before you've even played your next game. Like, take it one game at a time. I know people do look in advance of the draw as you all would, but you've got to be a little bit careful. There's, there's no reason to be making enemies. Go out, play your game, come back, play your next game.
0: Love that approach. Right, let's run through the day's results as they happened, and then we'll look ahead to tomorrow before we say goodbye. So, Christopher Ratajski beat Simon Whitlock 4-0. Ryan Searle beat Kim Hybrex 4-2. And Dimitri Vandenberg, we just spoke about it there, rounded off the afternoon session with a 4-0 victory over Jermaine Mortemainer. Into the evening session, Joe Cullen, his Alexandria Palace curse, appears to be over. He beat Johnny Clayton 4-3. Penultimate game. The world champion is out. Peter Wright lost to 4-3 to Gabriel Clemens. And Michael Van Gerwen backed that up with a 4-0 win over Ricky Evans with 106 average. Looking ahead to tomorrow, boys, that is another belter of sets of, of games. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I'll run you through the fixtures and then tie the day before we finish. I think that's that's how it normally works here. So uh, Jose de Souza plays Mervyn King like my worst nightmare. Come on, give me a break. Let them meet later. (laughs) Dirk Van Dijvenboerder, the Albert Genius, plays Adam Hunt. Um, Nathan Aspinall plays the Dutch destroyer of every building he's ever been in because he can't stand the place. Vincent van der Voort to finish the afternoon session. In the evening session, it's, Former world champion Gary Anderson taking on Mentor Sulevich. What a game that could be. Can't believe that's happened in the last 32. Um, Gerwin Price, the Iceman, and now second favourite for the trophy, uh, takes on Brendan Dolan. An evening session is rounded out by Glenn Durant, going in search of his first PDC world title to add to his three BDO world championships. Goes up against the American Daniel Bagish, who knocked out Adrian Lewis in the last round. Gents, tie of the day, please.
5: Go on, Luke. I'll let you go first on that one.
0: Uh, I'm going to jump in with
3: a bit of a... It's a bit of a shock call, but I'm going to go for Durant against Baggish, and I'm going to say Baggish wins that.
0: Oh, Ooh, I didn't God. ask for a winner. I just wanted to know what was going to be
5: good. Dan spoiled yeah. the surprise yeah. now. Dan is going to rip me for Dan's, it. He's I, absolutely... <laughs> he's, gonna, he's just never going to speak to you again. I think Baggish <laughs> this
3: year... I've seen... Very little of a Glenn Durant that could win the World Championship. And to be honest, I've seen quite a dangerous Danny Baggish and I think yeah, I think he rolls him over. I think that game could be a little bit exciting. I think there could be a few sets in there. We could go maybe six or seven sets, but for me Danny Baggish comes out on top.
5: To be fair, I do agree it is a fantastic game. Um I like you said, Glen Durant has been nowhere near the Glen Durant we saw earlier in the year. Well,
0: the Glen um, Durant have won the Premier League.
5: That's what exactly. I mean, and, and especially the Glenn Durant, I mean, the Glen
0: before he got COVID, basically. Yeah. <laughs> we still haven't really seen him back to full that's fighting what, fitness.
5: That's what I'm saying. He still doesn't look quite right. I mean, he he didn't have to do much to beat Diogo, and that will not have set him up for a tie against Danny Baggish, who looks like a bit of a fighter. Like... You don't want to be getting embroiled in a battle with him. I don't think. I think he will. He, he looks like he can take everything in his stride. He doesn't look like anything phases him. If it gets a bit, if it gets a bit tight and a bit nervy, he seems to deal really well with it. So that could be a could be a brilliant game. Um, I'm gonna to have to pick a different one now as my game of the day, just just for a bit of bit of variety. Um, keep keep stalling. I think I, I am I'm literally just I'm so long, as long as no. I mean I'm between Gary and Mensa and Jose and Mervyn King and I think Jose and Mervyn King might just be the one that'll be that that's going all the way for me, I think. I think that's going I think we'll get a deciding leg in that.
3: I think it is interesting that you said that just quickly about Glenn. Uh, you did touch on that. But to be honest, I think we have seen the Glendurant that won the Premier League. But unfortunately, we've seen the Glendurant that won the Premier League on finals night, where he wasn't anywhere near where he should have been the rest that's, of the tournament. That's, so. where
5: I was, that's where I was going before I got <laughs> off with the COVID thing. But, uh, Maybe
0: we have All right, fire right. some more shots.
5: No, to be <laughs> fair, fi- finals night was, was uh, it was not anywhere near Glendurant that led the league phase for the majority of it, was it? It was. Completely agree. Finals night is about the result, not the performance. Is, of course it is. It's about getting over the line. And for, and obviously, that is worth more than anything else. and It's worth more than averaging 120 over a, a seven-leg game. Like it's it's about getting it done when it matters. But we haven't seen him do that since then. Correct.
0: Another player we haven't really seen do it yet is Gary Anderson. If he, the limp appeared to be gone in the first round. I wasn't on on the pod after his... Is, Previous performance, and he's a he's very similar to Adrian Lewis at the minute. That he keeps getting dragged into these battles where there's chances and opportunities for him to put these games away early, easy and comfortably. He never really makes it easy for himself, but he did look a bit fitter to me. He looked like he was up for it. The the dart was landing in the treble a bit nicer for me when the first dart went in. If that first dart went in, ah. it's glorious to watch. He just needs to find that consistency and I think a couple more days on the practice board or at home, whichever he opted to do, um, might give him that extra kick up the backside to go, actually, do you know what, I may have written this year off but the players start falling now. The big the big names have got chances to go now that there's primarily seeds left as well. I don't think we've ever seen so many seeds left at the World Championship. Um, he, he's got a chance if they start falling now so intrigued with that one right boys time to end thank you very much for joining me Uh, I've already done my little recap but the main news story coming out of the world championships on day 10 is that the world champion Peter Wright is out I wish if I wasn't in tier 3 I'd be going out out to drown my sorrows thanks very much for listening have a good one cheers bye